from her, you bitch! Great kid! Don't get cocky! That still only counts as one! Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning, because we're not back by dawn. Call the president. Groovy. Welcome back to Good For an Action Movie. I am Will Thornton, one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, Max Steele. And we are here to today. <laughs> we are here today, folks. An excellent start right off the bat. We've been recording weekly. We're ready for you. <laughs> we are here today to discuss the 1991 action movie hit Point Break, directed by Catherine Bigelow, starring Keanu Reeves. Uh, no, sorry. Let me do it in order of billing. Gary Busey, <laughs> Keanu Reeves, and Patrick so, 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 Swayze. Yeah. Did you, uh, so I think that, um, can't, or doesn't Patrick Swayze actually have top billing? He does. Yes. Okay. He is top billing. In the end credits. At least. In, in the end credits. Yes. I noticed that it's Swayze, Keanu, and I, uh, might be Lori Petty and then Gary Busey, I think. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then John C. McGinley, really the, the leading man <laughs> of the film. Puts it on his back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's not entirely wrong. I mean, let's get into it. Um, Will, I don't know if you've ever seen this before. I really am curious to see what your history of um, with Point Break, with Keanu, with uh, with Mr. Swayze. What What is your history with all? Okay, uh, pretty minimal. I have not seen this movie before. Um, I know of it only as a movie with the presidential masks. And, you know, I know the reference, I know the scene from Hot Fuzz very well. That is parodied, uh, which is, you know, I would say that the, it is not the climax of the movie, but it is, I think, the, the, the heart of the movie. It's the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. In Hot Fuzz or Point Break? In Point Break, okay. the, the chase scene when he doesn't oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert. Um, so I had not seen it. anyone. Well, it came out in 19. That's right. This movie That's is right. older than us. <laughs> well, I was born in 79, but, uh, oh, I like I like to keep it mysterious for the listeners. Um, in, in terms of my experience with Keanu, I was born in 99. <laughs> um, that's not even outrageous. I was trying to say like a, no, that's age. like, if you were born in 99, you'd be 22. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Aren't know. I super young? I was born in 1999. But anyways, uh, I, uh, I, I do love, you know, everybody loves Keanu Reeves. I, I'm not a, uh, a extremely well-versed in his early uh, oeuvre, um, especially I've never seen Bill and Ted. It's uh, definitely a gap in my uh, filmography that I've seen. So uh, this is probably the earliest uh, Keanu performance I've seen and that uh, I've actually watched the whole movie. Obviously, everybody knows Bill and Ted and can do the impression and has seen clips from it. But uh, yeah, so and then as far as Swayze goes, I'm, I'm not I'm no I'm not a Swayze head either. I've never seen Dirty Dancing. Um, never seen Roadhouse. I've never seen Dirty. Yeah. Roadhouse is, I liked Roadhouse. We should do yeah. Roadhouse. We should do uh, does Swayperl. I was going to say Sway. Yeah, either one. Swayperl. Oh, Sway. Mm. Either one. Planet Swayperl. of the Swayperls. Swayperl into Sway. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Anyways, Max, I don't have, you had not seen this before either, correct? No, I've seen Point Break. Oh, you have? Um, okay, I did not know that. Yeah. I. Um, so, yeah, I've seen this movie before. Um, I saw it during an all-night movie marathon that I had with a couple of my friends in high school when I got my wisdom teeth out. Hell yeah. Uh, they came over. We watched 
uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, I think Inglorious Bastards, and then Point Break. Point Break was like the 4 a.m. movie. It's, it's also, you know, clearly, uh, well, it sticks out, you know. <laughs> it's it's like let's have a tarantino night and then watch point break <laughs> yeah i don't i can't remember if that's actually what we watched um but it was around the same time that i saw those movies um and i don't, i remember like being kind of like i don't really care too much for this um could have been it was a 3 a.m could have been that just wasn't into it at the time uh keanu i have seen bill and ted really good uh, i've seen roadhouse of swayze i don't think i've seen anything else besides uh donnie darko um, with Patrick oh, yeah. Swayze in it. Have you seen Darko? Have you seen I have not he's since really high school. Good I kind of forgot he was in it. Yeah, that's right. He's very good in it. Yeah. Um, and I think he's pretty good in Point Break, but uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, those were my expectations coming into it. Nice. And we have a we have a we have a barn burner for everyone then. Yeah, quite quite the story. Quite the story. Um, well, let's uh, let's jump into this film. Let's let's. Uh, Let's leave our parachute in the plane. And no, we're not parachuting. We're just going to jump directly out and jump into this film. This is a uh, this is a movie that would never be made today. Uh, it is too goofy of a plot that actually uh, treats it pretty seriously. Um, you could easily see, I think, how uh, you know. I think I read the the Ebert review of it, and he basically starts off by saying, "Like this sounds like the dumbest movie ever." Like FBI informant goes undercover and learns how to surf. Yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of. It's what it reminds me of is it sounds like one of the fake movies in Seinfeld, uh, like <laughs> the movie uh, a movie about you know the FBI uh, guy that learns how to surf. Um, but uh, this is a, a Catherine Bigelow uh, film. Uh, she. Uh, uh, took over uh, work on this after Ridley Scott passed on it in oh, the wow. uh, mid eighties. Um, Cameron, uh, Catherine Bigelow's husband at the time became interested in the script and uh, did some rewrites on it, although he's not credited, um, but he was involved in the production of it and, um, and sort of being like, Hey, my, my wife wants to direct this. Uh, and he thought it was a, a good project for her as, as she was coming off blue steel. And uh and I'm going to come right out and say I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I thought it was very fun, um, great action, great direction, very gripping at times, um, and uh, just a just a fun romp. I got to say, I'm not too enthusiastic about it, but I think I think it is definitely very fun. Um, the The way that I think that this movie should be enjoyed is it's eight o'clock. It's july 14th it's bastille day it's bastille day you're a no. you're you are a member of the third estate it is 1789 <laughs> okay go on all right point break comes on bread prices have skyrocketed <laughs> no so i think it's like it's the middle of summer it's it gets dark at like 9 p.m sure you've had two beers oh yeah and you're like let's go see a movie and your local theater is playing point break how amazing is that viewing experience. That would You're be awesome. You're going to watch Keanu and Gary Busey kind of like talk to each other for a little bit. And then just some montages of surfing, some skydiving scenes. <laughs> Lots of montages movie. of surfing in yeah. the first half an hour. But I, I kind of agree with the, it's too, I don't think it's too stupid to be made today. I think it's too stupid to be treated seriously today. Well, it's interesting because I, I think I thought the movie was much more of a comedy than it was. 
I always thought it was like an action comedy and it's not, I mean, it has like fun moments, but it is not like, I, I guess I thought there would be more quips and I was glad that there weren't oh, because none. it's actually quite, uh, uh, it's directed just like a straight up R rated action movie with some really good, I think, uh, set pieces, um, some great, uh, we have some great squib effects, some great uh, kind of bullet carnage going on throughout it. Um, yeah, it's it was it was it was a more I guess how I would say it is it was more R rated than I always thought it was. I thought okay. it was more friendly, sort of. It, it is more R rated than I remembered. So yeah, because it's yeah. also it's just kind of got gratuitous language, and I think we should give a little bit more of an overview of what it is for anyone who hasn't seen it. You sure. know, all those people who don't watch the movie that we watch that listen or that we watch that are, are listening to us. You know, sure. Um, you want me well, to walk walk us through it, or you want to do it? I can do it a little bit. Maybe we can kind of tag team. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, Keanu Reeves is a young, hot shot FBI agent. It is revealed that he was a quarterback at Ohio State. Go, Go Bucks, Bucks, baby. Yeah. Broke his leg. Broke his leg? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. He hurt his knee. Yeah. Hurt his knee. Had to, uh, could never play again. Went to law school. I assume at, I assume at the Moritz College of Law at the Ohio State <laughs> University. But after that, he becomes an FBI agent where he's assigned to work with Gary Busey, uh, who is a very fun character in this movie. Uh, he's kind of like I, yeah, the, 90s, 90s Busey rocks. I like him in anything in the 90s. I I don't think I think if John C. McGinley and Gary Busey are, aren't in this movie, I think it's unwatchable. <laughs> really? That's more. Yeah. Of, I, I mean, it's more, more of an, an ending thought. But <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways, I think they really kind of carry a lot of its charm. Um, it actually Swayze is pretty good. But um, they uh, ha, are they are chasing this bank this band of bank robbers who are known as the ex-presidents they wear president's masks it's kind of the most famous thing about the movie is that they rob banks and wear uh president's masks let's just stop there and say the president masks are a great touch to this movie i i personally think i think it elevates this as just like they're just like normal bank robbers to like it is an incredibly memorable image them yeah. doing the presidential impressions while robbing right. the bank they're doing they take on the char- comedy as yeah, they, they rob do banks. the characters as it they rules embody it's them. so great and they and like later in the movie like when they're all when they're all in the van and they're all getting ready at the same time it all it's almost like they're all getting into character at the same yeah. time which is it, really kind of fun it makes no sense to to their characters because they're all just like washed out california surfer guys that like they would be like let's rob banks and then one of them was like, I would like to be LBJ as we robbed the bank. <laughs> like, it doesn't make yeah. it like, how did they land on that? Yeah, but they don't switch. They don't switch. He's always Reagan. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, the other thing that I was, I couldn't help but think watching it. And I mentioned this in my, in my, uh, on Letterboxd, but do you think Gerald Ford ever saw this movie and was like, oh, come on, come on. Yeah. He, isn't he the only one who he's, was living at the time that well, he's, they skip him because they have LBJ through Reagan, but they skip forward uh, and he's, Oh, come on, man. Come on. I'm an ex-president watching too. This. I don't know. I mean, Ford, Ford, look, he's a Michigan football player and this uh, is a school, a movie about his ride. I think Bigelow's just got an ax to grind against Ford. <laughs> Ohio state quarterback. No, maybe she no, loves Ford. Terrible. I mean, maybe she doesn't want to see him be, you know, look, Hate to break it to you, none of the ex-presidents end up doing okay in this movie. Mm, indeed. Yeah. But they rob banks, and they eventually they kind of 
they surmised that the uh, I, I don't even know what it is, but just like the how the waves traveled down and how like uh, surfers follow the beach is how the bank robbers pursue their locations. That's something that Gary Busey discovers. Does he say that? How does it he work? Sa- he says that it like follows a certain surf, like a certain break. That's where they uh, get into the term point break. Oh, I might um, have uh, I might have dozed off during that. I think I missed that. Yeah, it, uh, that's it, that's not specifically what a point break is, but like surfers will follow a certain break down like a coastline. Oh, uh, I see. That, I see. Okay, I didn't cor- actually pick up on that. Okay. And that correlated with banks, like they would start in the north and go progressively s- southernly until yes. October and summer ends. Um, and so that's why Gary Busey thinks that they're surfers, which is kind of cool, like a curl, a, a cool bit of surmising from Detective Gary Busey. Um, and so Keanu and him decide that Keanu's got to go undercover. And he doesn't even really go undercover. He no, just, he's like, just doing he's it on his own time. Yeah, he's just surf. He's just surfing. He's just learning and how to just surf. Happens to run in. Happens to run into the exact group who is the ex-president. Well, that's he run- really what it is. Yeah, yeah. He runs into four, or he runs into two groups of four surfer guys, uh, and he's like, "Okay, well, it must be one of them." And then they uh, they kill all the first group, and they're like, "It's not them." He's like, must "Okay, not well, have been them. <laughs> this must be the other group of four that I'm with." Um, but um, yeah, well, not even at that point, he realizes it's not them, and it's not until so earlier in the movie. Uh, one of when they're watching a bank robbery, Nixon moons uh, a uh, camera yes. in the uh, uh, in one of the banks, and the way that Keanu Reeves puts it together that the gr- gro- the group of adrenaline junkie surfer dudes that he's with is the ex president is that he sees uh, someone moon someone else while they're surfing, and he's like, <gasps> "Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, just ridiculous." In, in in the most gratuitous nudity ever put to film, you do see, uh, you can see his uh, butthole a little bit in that image. Didn't wasn't expecting yeah, wow. that. So gratuitous. He, wow, I mean, it's right on the camera. Uh, he moons it. But um, what mm. else is to dis- there to discuss in the first half? I it, the Keanu. Uh, it's really yeah. Keanu and Busey have a classic. You know, new. Old he's cop, like the cop. top star recruit out of Quantico. He comes out here to join dissatisfied. Exactly. He joins the LA bank robbery because John C. McGinley likes neither of them. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, Busey's like old, he doesn't have any ideas. Keanu kind of fires him up, gets him back involved in the case. I think all that stuff, it's very played out. We've seen it in a million movies. He likes meatball subs. Yeah. It's done well here enough. And uh, I think that uh, like you said, Max, I think Busey's great in this. He uh, adds a lot of comedic value and um, just, uh, yeah, I mean, without him, the the movie, yeah, that certainly doesn't work as well. I mean, I it could have gotten somebody else, but he's good. Yeah, but who? Who? Who, I ask? Um, I also think Gary Busey just plays such a good, like, cop. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, when he's, like, talking to someone, whenever he does the thing where it's like, oh, have you seen, like, he's trying to just, like, act like he's not a cop yeah he's, <laughs> he's like he's hey a, have you seen yeah. my dog around here hey have you seen someone ran off with the car stereo when he's yeah just he's, to, he like, spends a lot of the mo- stuff spends a lot of the movie uh as a cop but wearing like cargo shorts and flip-flops mm-hmm. uh as he's kind of staking out different surfing spots and uh, i think i mean it, it gives him the impression that he is a well-respected uh long-time fbi guy like he's not he's not like the crackpot fool he is uh yeah. 
he is actually like good at his job. He mentioned like, that's kind of how he's introduced. So like they give him Johnny Utah, this top recruit to kind of break him in. And uh, yeah, so the, and then things start to pick up once Keanu learns, try has to learn how to surf. Yeah. But eventually they, they, he gets in with uh, the, I don't even think they have a, a name, but gets in with the ex-presidents who he only knows them at the surfers. They're essentially run by this guy named Bodie, who is Patrick Swayze, Patrick Swayze. Very, very good in this movie. He's yeah, he's great. A very good actor, which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, not crazy to think about. He's in a ton of really good stuff um, that I personally have not seen. But yeah, Swayze playing Bodhi, uh, which is short for Bodhisattva, if you were wondering. Yeah, uh, they say it twice in the movie. They do. Uh, Keanu kind of gets in because he uh, kind of uh, meets a, uh, the uh surfer played by Lori Petty, who is an ex kind of girlfriend or love interest of, of Swayze. She agrees to teach him how to uh, surf after Keanu uses information from her FBI file to kind of like weasel his way. But then of course he also is falling in love with her for real at the same time. Um, at the same time he's falling in love with Patrick Swayze. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because they start hanging out, right. Uh, they play football together. It, it is a, it is almost the length of a full NFL game. The foot, like there is a five minute sequence in this movie of them <laughs> playing football on the beach with no dialogue and just like passing the ball around. Yeah. Don't you want to watch that after two beers? And now it's approximately eight 45 in the evening. It's great. It's year. great. And that's when we learn more because we don't really know Keanu's past. And that's when Bodie pegs him as Johnny Utah. He knows who he is. He knows yeah. his actual, uh, identity as his former Ohio State quarterback who blew his knee out and had to go to law school. And it's an interesting moment for us as the audience because we don't actually know that about Keanu at this point. We just um, know that he's some hot shot. Exactly. And it, and it, I think, adds a lot to his character because he is someone who has come from a, a more active kind of, you know, he was a football player. He's an athlete. We know he's like, he's a thrill seeker, which is kind of like the main, Keanu's main, uh, character arc throughout the movie is he can't stop chasing the thrill as it goes on, but he has been sidelined by this knee injury. So now he's going to, he's going to become an FBI guy. And, uh, but look, I'm going to spoil it for you. Dude loves to chase a thrill and he's going to learn how to surf and skydive. And eventually he's going to rob a bank himself. He, he hmm. loves thrills and he loves to seek them. He loves, he loves both of those things. That's very true. Um, and so basically they, they kind of get in together, but not long after they basically just start hanging out all the time, Keanu figures it out and, uh, but decides really not to do anything about it. Um, uh, because as Will alluded to before, there's a big chase scene. He knows it's Patrick Swayze wanted a gun at him. Can't shoot him. Shoots in the sky while yelling. That's true. Yep. Yep. yep that happens. <laughs> it's great. I love it. I think it's a, I think that uh, we, and you skipped over another um, a great I, set you piece saw it much more recently than me. I watched this last week. Yeah. yeah I watched it last night, but um, uh, there is, uh, I think a great piece. Uh, uh, Bigelow. I, I like a lot of her movies, even when I don't really like the movie. Um, her directing is very great. Um, especially she knows how to direct a, it's similar to Cameron. Like she knows how to, that word I use all the time, the geography of the scene is very clearly laid out. So 
I think the the raid on the kind of stash house of the beach bums that they think are the ex-presidents is a is an excellent scene. We have four FBI guys. Johnny Utah's around the side of the house. You got the two guys in the back with the lawnmower, and you got Gary Busey in the front at the front door. And it's this great scene where we know where everyone is. Mm-hmm. And from Keanu's vantage point, he can see these guys are absolutely strapped with like machine guns and automatic weapons. And everything in the scene becomes important. You can see through the window, we got a girl in the shower. We've got the girl at the front door talking to Gary Busey. We've got the lawnmower in the back of the house behind the two FBI guys. Keanu's trying to talk on the radio to the other FBI guys. They can't hear him because of the lawnmower. And Gary Busey's undercover, so he can't talk to him, but they got to get him out of there. And then all everything goes to hell. They start shooting at everyone with machine guns. They got to break in. I think two or three of the guys end up getting killed. Keanu almost gets his face shredded off with the uh, lawnmower. We have the one of my favorite. It's not. I wouldn't say favorite, but I always. It always makes the scene more powerful to me, which is whenever there's a character who's fighting naked, I literally my heart starts beating so fast because I'm like, oh, you are so exposed. I cannot watch this. It makes me so nervous. That's um, uh, it's done of very well. Keanu Reeves is fighting naked. I wish. I wish. But any any time a character is forced to like fight. Uh, especially when like knives and stuff are involved. My br- I just literally start breathing really hard. Yes. Mirror. Or a broken mirror. Um, yep. But I love that scene. I think it's so great at how she lays it all out. And it's like, I'm showing you every piece of this and then watch it all kind of collapse, but you're never confused and you know where everything is. It's great. And then she does that again in the chase scene at the middle of the movie, which I think is the highlight of the film, which is Keanu fighting or chasing Swayze who torches his car as it dresses Ronald Reagan. Very cool. Turns a gas pump into a flamethrower. That's awesome. Uh, And then Keanu chases him through the neighborhood. Um, And then you have the classic scene where he, Keanu blows out his knee, which is great because we've heard about his knee injury, but it hasn't really been mentioned that often. We just know that it happened. And all of a sudden, oh no, his past is catching up to him. He's down on the ground, looks at him, can't shoot Swayze. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, you know, uh, uh, I'm like Nick Frost and uh, Hot Fuzz. I'm just absolutely engrossed when he fires his gun into the sky. I feel it. It's great. Very cool. Um, let, let's speed through the rest of it. There's not too much that happens. I think uh, getting to our general impressions would probably be more um, be a good point to get to, even though we kind of sprinkle them out. Sure. Um, Honestly, how does it end? So, uh, so after Swayze gets away, it's a very um, memorable movie. <laughs> I think it. I think it is. I think I like it more than you. Yeah. You um, which is uh, very so, rare. I feel like I usually like. It. <laughs> um, so uh, Keanu, after he he blows out his knee, um, he is almost arrested because all these people have gotten shot. Busey gets him off the hook. Or no, sorry, that happens later. Sorry. Uh, Keanu very stupidly goes back to Lori Petty. Uh, So basically now all the ex-presidents know where he is. Uh, He sleeps with her. He wakes up in the morning. And what's that? The ex-presidents are there and Lori Petty is gone. And they say, hey, buddy, because they still haven't rob a bank with us. No, not yet. You're going to skydive with us Uh, first as sort of a power trip. So, yeah. So it hasn't been directly addressed that Swayze that they've acknowledged out of the mask that they know what each other are doing. Um. So Swayze takes him up on an airplane and makes him jump out of it with the rest of the ex-presidents. They all hold hands in the sky. 
And Keanu, as he's falling slowly, begins to, you know, be very happy. And he loves, he's seeking the thrill, baby. He can't, he can't help it. When he lands, Swayze reveals to him that he has kidnapped Lori Petty. She's being held at knife point and that he is going to force Keanu to help him rob one more bank before the ex-presidents are going to escape to Mexico in a private plane. So they go to rob the bank. Swayze gets greedy, tells his boys, LBJ and Nixon, to go to the vault, which they never do. They only do the cash drawers. But he needs more money now because I'm assuming because he knows this is his last ever job he can pull because now he's he's been identified. Or he's just seeking the thrill. That's how or, I always read it. Yeah, baby. He, he, he says, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go more than ever. Well, it doesn't work out well. There's an undercover cop in the bank or just a plainclothes cop. Yeah. yeah. Um, he stands up, starts shooting. We got a security guard is there as well. Two of the robbers uh, get, sh- well, I think everybody gets shot, but some of them are in the bulletproof vests. Um, the cop gets killed. The security guard gets sh- shot. Basically it all blows up. It ends up Swayze and Keanu escape with, or no, Keanu is left there. Swayze escapes with one of the other ex-presidents. Um, Busey gets Keanu off the hook. We're rushing through the end of it. Basically tracks him down. Um, Goes Swayze, in the plane with them. Yes. Well, after Patrick Swayze kills Gary Busey, who was oh, with yeah. Keanu I Reeves. about that. Yes. So Gary Busey dies. Very sad. Um, Swayze puts him in the plane with him, basically going to take him all the way to when he's going to jump out of the plane into Mexico so he can escape. But what's that? As soon as he jumps out, Keanu Reeves decides I'm not done because he still hasn't called off his goon who has, you know, got Lori Petty. Keanu jumps out of the plane, nose dives, no parachute. It's awesome. I, uh, it's very cool. Um, and, uh, catches up to him in midair, uh, basically has a gun to his head, but cannot pull the parachute because he's holding the gun. This part's kind of stupid, but also it's kind of cool. So he has to, it, Swayze refuses to pull the chute. He's basically willing to die. Keanu drops the gun, pulls the chute. They land. Swayze abandons him in the middle of the desert, basically before, after dropping off Lori Petty to him, he disappears yep. forever. And I thought and the that's movie, the end of the movie. Yes. I thought the movie was going to end there. But much like Shawshank Redemption, our two friends meet on a beach at the end of the movie in Australia, in Australia, which Patrick Swayze had mentioned an hour earlier about being he, he thought this big the storm 50 of the century. Years, yes, the storm of the century was coming the next year to this beach in Australia. So Keanu knows where he's going to be. He meets up with them on the beach. And this, I think, is, in my opinion, the place where the movie it should have ended differently. They just have a straight up fist fight in the water. And then Keanu handcuffs himself to Patrick while Swayze he's being drowned while he's being drowned. Alpha move. Very cool. Uh, and basically is like the Australian police are here, which to be honest, like, what are they going to do? They're the Australian police, but um, uh, it's like, they're going to arrest you. And Patrick Swayze sees the biggest wave he's ever seen. And just, it's just let like, me go. come on, man, you're not going to let me surf that wave. And Keanu's like, damn it, man. Sure. All right, go surf that wave. And then, as was also mentioned earlier in the movie, Swayze basically said, if you don't make it out of that wave, you will just get crushed to death on the reef. We see him go up, briefly surf down it, then just fall over and allow himself to basically, he basically kills himself rather than be arrested. And Keanu lets it happen, throws his FBI badge into the ocean. Roll credits, baby. Point break. Wow. Wow. Wow, I'm glad right. we could bring we could bring all the minutiae to you. 
<laughs> ah, that's not minutia. That's good stuff. It's action, baby. So, anyways, Max, what are your problems with this movie? Uh, it's pretty dumb. It is dumb. It is dumb. It is young, saying, dumb, and it is, as you know, I'm not going to say it, so we don't yep. have the explicit tag. It is full of the John Cena. I think it's just really fun, and it moves really fast, and yes. it's done very competently by Catherine Bigelow, very good director. Um, and uh, Keanu's not really good in it. Um, he's <laughs> He's kind of doing his early... I don't know. He could be really good and he could be really, really not good in this the is, early 90s. This is, I, I was wondering that the whole time. I was like, God, is Keanu good in this? And I, it yeah. eventually landed on, I think he is because the way that I would describe his performance, if I was making a joke, if this was a different movie, you could literally say he is playing an FBI informant that sounds like he's undercover in a gang of surfer dudes. Mm. but like because that's what he's playing he does not play a good fbi agent but he does in my opinion he plays a good like thrill-seeking surfer dude but because that is the exact movie he's in i think right. it works for me even though mm. at least the first like half hour of the movie i was like this is kind of stupid i don't think i really care for this performance but by the end of it i was like okay i'm here for it whatever like i'll I mean, in the context it. of it it works in the context of it but i don't think it's good um patrick swayze is very very good he's awesome. gary Busey is very very good john c mcginley not in it a lot but is very very good yeah um yeah i mean it's it's just it's just a really it's it's a movie that i would not describe as really great but i like it yeah um, yeah and so i i really don't have any problems with it it's just you know yeah not the best thing in the world i think it would be much better if it were like 95 to 100 minutes we talk about runtime a lot it's two hours yeah. long i think you could shave out a lot there's a lot of um there's a lot of chaff in this movie that you don't need. Now, that being said... Give me two subs. <laughs> two. Utah. Give me two. Hey, that is not chaff, my friend. That is, that the, is, scene of, that is the scene of the movie. That's a great scene. That whole... The, the, the shot is great when he's ordering the subs. You see the bank robbery happen behind him. I yeah, mean, it's been done in. before. Like, it's an old right. joke. But it's executed well. And, it you know, it's like the... It's... it's I like it. Um, I think you could easily cut out 20 minutes of this movie including and this might be controversial i think it is better if you cut the entire Lori petty relationship out of the movie because i think as an audience member obviously this is one of the canonical like homoerotic 90s action movies right right like where he literally patrick swayze literally says to him you want me so bad it's like acid in your mouth <laughs> before he jumps out of a plane <laughs> which is like jesus christ okay <laughs> like just just start making out please um so uh it's like with the Lori Petty character, I feel like it just kind of muddles it. Cause I don't really like that relationship is not focused on as much as his relationship to Swayze. And I think it adds a lot of runtime to the movie that is just not worth it. And it would be better if Swayze's manipulation of him was not, I've kidnapped your girlfriend. And it was just straight up. You will not kill me. I know you won't hurt me because right. Cause you, you like, like me. Too much. Yeah, exactly. Cause the chase scene when he doesn't shoot him, that it's, it has nothing to do with Lori Petty. It's just like, dude, you're not going to shoot me. Like, I know that you're not We're friends. Yeah. So if they had found a way to make the ending of like, look, you have caught me, but I bet you're not going to turn me in. That would have been a much better movie. I think that would have mm. elevated it in my mind. I think it's definitely like an, I don't even say want to say like early nineties uh, 
trope, but it's just a very like action movie trope where you need that. What is it? A C plot. Right. It's yeah. Like you need something that's very easy to, you need a either a relationship or a goal or some sort of storyline that's easily it's it, that there's, it's easy to find a resolution with. Yeah. Where romances are always, or, you know, heteronormative uh, relationships are always very easy to do that. I've seen the Lindsay Ellis video. Don't worry. <laughs> Sure. And like uh, Keanu's like a young stud at the time. Like he's a heartthrob. Like he's a good, he's like 24 years old. Like they're not going to make the movie and not give him like a love right. interest. And like a, he literally has sex on the beach. Like, I mean, it's a surfing movie with Keanu Reeves. It's like, well, he's got to have sex on the beach. Like that's yeah, going to yeah, happen is. in the movie. Um, I, I think the movie would be better and more, it, it would be elevated if they had cut all of that out. Cause it right. just feels like, okay, I've seen this before. That's fine. But the Swayze Reeves dynamic is much better and very cool. Yeah. The Swayze Swayze dynamic is what I'm really after. <laughs> he is awesome. I I'm I'm gonna watch Roadhouse. I, I I think this it's great. Yeah, I like Roadhouse. It's very weird. Roadhouse, and it's not about Roadhouse, but Roadhouse is one of the best like villain performances of all time. As Ben with uh, Ben mm-hmm. Gazar. Yeah, as yeah. the as the villain. Very cool. <laughs> nice. It's so great. Um. Do, do we do some final thoughts? Do we do some final recommendations? What else would you want to talk about? Um, I do want to talk about a little bit um, of just, I just want to, I want to hail the, um, the stunts of this movie are awesome. So uh, practical too. Yes. And Swayze uh, did most of them. And Swayze did, I think over 50 jumps to do the skydiving shots. He insists on doing it all himself. And Swayze and Keanu Reeves and Lori Petty all went to Hawaii for like two months to learn how to surf. And Swayze broke like multiple ribs at one point on the set. Like they were all doing all that stuff. It's just so cool. Like it's another thing. It's that great they, to watch. They won't do that anymore. Exactly. I mean, Except like, with Tom Cruise, that's what Mission Impossible is now. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a market for it, it does happen occasionally, but like it, I, I, I try as I try to, as I get older, not to spend too much time being like, Oh, I miss practical effects and CG sucks because CG can be great. It can be used really well, but like, it is really fun to watch a movie where I'm just literally like, how did they shoot that skydiving scene? Like, what are they, are they in a set? Like, are they in a fake skydiving thing? Are they actually jumping? Like, I don't know the full story. Like I could probably look it up, but I'm just the whole time. Like, this is amazing that they got this shot and it looks so cool and when Keanu jumps out of that plane without a parachute my stomach literally like lurched up into my chest and I was like he doesn't have a parachute how did they film that he's literally falling through the sky without oh, you a parachute. can you can see the you can see the one under his shirt it's uh, but pretty I, obvious I, I don't know I mean I was just caught up in the moment I was like he's gonna die I was totally wrapped up in it. I loved it wow I think I think the big thing is again going back to the it's it's now nine fifteen. You've probably had three beers by now. Oh yeah, and you're basically watching one of those IMAX movies. Oh, this would be like, this would be very cool on IMAX. Yeah, but you're basically watching one of those like not free, but like you pay five dollars at a at a museum sure. to watch something in IMAX, and there's just people skydiving. Yeah, and that's that part of the movie, and it's very cool. So. It is very cool. Um, I don't think I have anything else to touch on. I I I, I don't feel bad that I don't like it as much but I wish I had more. I didn't take notes like I usually do. I thought oh, okay. I, I, I naturally. Yeah. I think, um, I think you can really see the James Cameron effect on this movie. Um, not to minimize like Bigelow's yeah, direction, but like uh, Cameron's whole thing is like, I mean, especially in the nineties, it was like his whole bit was like, 
can you believe I got a camera into that location? Like, like the abyss, this is like a few years after he makes the abyss. And it's like, we took a camera down there and filmed all that. And it's like, wow, that's really cool. (laughs) And this is kind of the same thing where it's like, can you believe we filmed that? Like we actually did that. And it's just very cool. Um, And that's not something that really exists anymore. So um, love Cameron. He's, 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 one of the greatest filmmakers of all time except no substitutes he's awesome yeah um and he's making t2 at the same time as this right because t2, com- t2 comes out the same year yeah yeah, yeah. It's, crazy. It, it's amazing yeah so uh we could do final thoughts um, what if robert patrick was bodie what if we had some robbie Pat- uh, i feel like he's too old he's got he's, i looked it up it's not supposed to be a serious problem. okay well i mean swayze is like 40 i looked up he i think he's, he's 38 very old, yeah yeah i mean uh, but he's i think patrick swayze but i think it's i i think it needs to be i think bodie needs to be an older yeah kind of not yeah. washed up but it's like this is all he's ever done he's an ex- yes exactly and, and seek thrills yeah he he's an experienced bright, die young yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. die at 39 as he does um do you want to do ratings and recs? And then yes, I, I believe we have our one of our one of your patented games. I've got a quick game after ratings and recs. I'll do okay. I'll do a quick rating because you probably have a little bit more to say than I do. Um, I, I am going to give this movie uh, two and a half stars out of four. Um, I think it's good. Uh, it's you know fairly average, but I do like it. That's the thing. It's one of those things where it's like I don't think it's amazing or great in any particular way. Besides maybe direction and some of the performances. Um, but I, I, I do enjoy watching it and it's kind of a tight movie besides some fluff, which, you know, you, you can't really, you can't really, uh, blame it too much for it. So sure. uh, it's a fun early nineties, uh, romp through the, uh, through the, the waves of Southern California. That's um, right, baby. The action's very good, you know, seven, 7.5, um, uh, lack of, uh, lack of Nixon's dog, uh, checkers. Ah, needed to be in there they needed to have a dog rob the bank with them i i it would have been great if there was a scene where like they were discussing how good they were at robbing banks and nixon said it's because you're all playing chess and i'm playing checkers <laughs> that would have been great i would have i i i'm gonna give it one star because i wanted way more presidential quips as they yeah. were you know well like um i i just loved when uh when they were uh interrogating nixon and they were like well what did he know and when did he know it so, that's right that's right lbj busts in well just pulls out his dick yeah he just pulls out his look at my huge hog starts complaining about his inseam that's right that's right you gotta get Listen, it up more. didn't lbj actually do that didn't he actually like put his balls on a table yes no he would yeah. frequently he called his penis jumbo and he would frequently right. take it out uh, he would also call people into the white, the Oval Office bathroom while he was taking a crap, and just hold meetings with them, and just be like, "Come on in here, come on in. I'm, 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 I'm taking a crap, but you can come on in. Come on in. I'm uh, played by Brian Cranston. Exactly. Yeah. And he notoriously, I mean, had a a a big penis, like that. He used it as a political, you know, weapon. But uh, mm. anyways, uh, um, recommendation, real quick. Sure. Haven't really been doing too much, but I just watched the the first seventeen minutes of the Grand Budapest Hotel while I was eating dinner, oh. and I I think about that movie a lot more than I've seen it, and it makes me feel a very certain way. And I love the way that it makes me feel. I love watching a novel. It's yeah, that's it's just a, a really kind of um, it's really kind of a wonder of uh, filmmaking that you can make a movie that just feels like you're reading 
a very casual but very well written novel and it's it's delightful that's a great i i, I have not seen that since theaters that's one i should definitely go back and rewatch. Oh, I, it's one of the it, i have like three movies on blu-ray and that's one of them yeah it's a beautiful movie and um it's uh it's very good um ray fines should have been nominated for an oscar <laughs> or just I like lo- given a lifetime achievement yes at that point it's one of my favorite i mean wes anderson obviously does that with a lot of his movies but like i just love any movie where it's like the pitch and that's not the pitch of the movie but like i love it when it's like who's our leading man oh it's ray fines at age 60 then it's just like cool <laughs> like that's yeah. awesome like he's we're just so gonna good. let ray fines run a hotel exactly. for two hours yeah well i mean but grand, grand budapest has maybe the deepest cast like of all time like it's like most of the people like Harvey Keitel has like one line. He has fewer yeah. lines in it than it, he has in the Irishman. And that's yeah. saying a lot. <laughs> Bill Murray's in it for a second. Yeah. Too. It's just because everyone, I mean, they all love working with uh, Wes and they'll just come back and be like, what's my part? Oh, I'm the, I'm concierge number two. Okay. I'm Jason <laughs> Schwartzman. I'll do that. Sure. Like whatever. Yeah. yeah. That is his role. Exactly. It's, it's um, so cool. Oh, and what's the guy who plays the, the old zero. It's like Abraham, um, Oh, um, his name. F. Murray Abraham. You're talking F. about Marie yeah. Abraham. Salieri. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So he, good. He's awesome. I've never seen uh, that other movie where he's Amade- Amadeus. I've never seen Amadeus. Yeah. I, I watched it with uh, in high school, but that's one I also really want to rewatch. But um, okay. I got to do my ratings and rec- yeah, ratings. Go for it. I, I'm, I'm not that much higher than you. I think I give this like three out of four stars. I, I but. Yeah. But here's my thing. I think action wise, I give this like a nine out of ten. I think this wow. is. I think this is a great. Will is an adrenaline movie. junkie. I'm an. Adre- you know what? I'm, I think, I'm seeking so, the thrill. I think that people who like seeking thrills like this movie a lot more because I'm. I'm. I like thrills. Or like I. I'm not. I'm not outdoorsy. Mm. I think. I think this movie is for more outdoorsy people than me. I, I, yeah. Um. I. I. No. I want to skydive. I have skydived. Uh, and to. so I was watching, I was like, I'm basically Bodie. I'm as cool as him. Basically. <laughs> I, I just feel like every person that I, I have talked to who realize, and this is not saying anything of you, but like, and this is more correlation than causation, but I feel like every person I've said, or I've talked to who really liked point break, like rides motorcycles or <laughs> they're like, Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I love point break or like does dirt bikes. I know those are two motorcycles. Yeah, I think I like when a movie can capture a very specific feeling. And this mm. movie really captures like the idea of like, I'm going to jump out of this plane right now. Like, let's go. And even if <laughs> even if I don't really live my life like that, it's just fun to watch it and be like, he's doing it. He's jumping out of the plane and just be like, oh, <laughs> don't my do God, it, Patrick. he's getting up on that wave. Like the whole movie, you're just like, that oh, wave is so big, he's crazy. Like you're just <laughs> it's thrilling. Like I like I said, when don't he play jumped, football on the beach. <laughs> Oh, there are nuts. jellyfish. Don't go to the drop car. That's nuts. <laughs> Don't light that gas pump on fire. Oh, it's so cool. The shot of him as Reagan with the cool. flamethrower. Like um, so, uh, so yeah, great action. Good, solid movie, in my opinion. Um, as far as recommendations go, um, I was looking at my, my recent stuff I've watched. I think I'm going to recommend and... Uh, Maybe I should save this in case we do a related movie in the future. But as far as stuff I watched really recently, I've been getting into rewatching films. I was talking to Max about this, but just kind of like being mm-hmm. like, I'm going to rewatch. I, if, if I'm in the mood to watch a movie, I'm trying to consider like 
do I want to watch something new or do I just want to watch, you know, Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring all day. And I'm trying to be like, you know what? I just want to watch Lord of the Rings. My favorite movie, like literally maybe my favorite movie of all time. I've seen it a million times, but like, I'll watch it again. I watched that. I watched Mad Max Free Road, you know, just trying to like let myself be like, I don't need to always be watching new stuff. I can just watch stuff that I know I love. That being said, I w- I've been rewatching and watching some uh, Studio Ghibli stuff mm. that I have and haven't seen. And I just watched for the first time one of the last Miyazaki's I've never seen. I watched Porco Rosso, which is his mid 90s movie about a pig that flies an airplane. Um, and it's delightful. Love it. Absolutely beautiful. You know, he, he is the, you know, probably the greatest director of all time. Never made a bad movie. Um, never made a not like transcendent movie in some ways, you know? Um, and, uh, Porco Rosso, I think often is talked about as like, oh, it's like, it's fine. It's just like a fun action movie. Ah, uh, it's beautiful. It's, it's it, fine for an action movie. It, it made me cry. Like, it's so good. And some of the scenes in it, you're just like, how did anyone in there in how on did this they earth, film that? How do they think of it? Like, it's just like the most amazing shot and just like, it's beautiful. So if you've, if you've put off watching Porco Rosso, watch it. Actually, Max, I think you would really like Porco Rosso. I think I was, I'd really like most of the Miyazaki movies. You definitely but would. But I've only seen Totoro. Yeah. Watching Porco Rosso, I was like, oh, I think Max would really like this movie. Because it's about a pig that flies a plane, but it's also shot like a 1940s, like high society movie at times. It's very (laughs) strange. Like there's a classic boring scene from like a 1940s movie where just a woman sings an opera song for three minutes. (laughs) You know, it's just like, I got to watch this, I guess, for three minutes, (laughs) Uh, except they intercut it with scenes from his past and it's beautiful and it made me tear up. Mm. But uh Anyways, so it's basically a Marx Brothers movie. They stop and someone and Zeppo sings for absolutely. Minutes. It is just a Marx Brothers <laughs> movie. Um, Porco Rosso is my recommendation. There's a pig flying a plane. There is. They call him Eyebrows, the Crimson Eyebrows. Pig. Por- mm. Porco Rosso. Uh, he wasn't always a pig. Mm? One morning, I got a pig in my plane. That's right. I got my plane on there. Uh, very good movie. Well, I guess it's time for a little game, Will. All right, let's do it. All right. I don't have any theme music. This wasn't quite thrown together, but uh, I had the idea for it right after I came home from work, and it's not long after then. So we are playing a game called I Think You Should Reeves. I Think You Should Reeves. Uh, Named of Keanu Reeves, of course. Um, the two other games that we could have played were Swayze 8 or Dubusey What I See. Um, See so the, the audience is going to be so mad I didn't pick one of the other ones. I was going to say, if, I had you options. Wanted, if you wanted to, if you want to hear uh, from the other ones, uh, tweet at us at, um, at GFM Pod. That's right. Um, but this game, I am going to read for you uh, two Keanu Reeves movies. Okay. And you have to tell me which one has a lower stars rating from Roger Ebert. Ooh, okay. All right. So which one Roger Ebert thinks should Reeve? Okay. So the one he, he didn't like as much. He didn't like, yeah. Yes. So tell me which one is lower. So I'm going to start with kind of a tough one. Okay. Speed or The Matrix? Okay. Um, I think Roger Ebert really liked both of these movies. I, I see... I think I'm going to try to guess the stars as well. Cause I feel like that's okay. the way yeah, to that's do it. Fun. That's fun. I think Roger Ebert gave the matrix four stars 
Okay. And I think he gave Speed three and a half stars. Okay. The Matrix is the movie that Roger Ebert thinks should Reeves. <gasps> it is lower. Speed has four stars. It's a great movie. Very good. And he it's really a really good it. movie. The Matrix, I've never seen it, but Roger Ebert doesn't like it as much. So he thinks that should Reeves. What, what did he give it? Three stars. Okay. Four to three. So still he likes it. All right. So next to Keanu Reeves movies, which which one of these does Robert Ebert think should Reeves? Okay. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Ooh. the sequel. He this is I don't know if this is a hint, but he never reviewed the first one. Excellent. Okay. Excellent uh, adventure. Um, or my own private Idaho. Ooh. Um. So we have like a a a studio comedy against Gus Van Sant queer new wave. <laughs> I think, I think Ebert had to give Bogus Journey a lower. I think he gave My Own Private Idaho. I think he gave it three and a half stars, and I think okay. he gave Bogus Journey two stars. Okay, you got My Own Private Idaho at three and a half. Aha, yes. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was three stars. It's still very okay. All right, very- still a solid review. I've heard Bogus Journey is very good. Some consider it better than Excellent Adventure. Wow. But I've only seen Excellent Adventure, right. and I love it. All right, the next two movies, Much Ado About Nothing, 1993, or The Matrix Reloaded, 2001 or something like that. 2002, oh, maybe. man. Is that Much Ado About Nothing, the one? He plays Don John, I think, is the character. Yeah. Plays. Is Kevin Klein in that, or am I thinking of Midsummer Night's? I know he's in Midsummer Night's Dream, the 90s one with Michelle Pfeiffer. You keep uh, thinking, and I will get that answer for you. Oh boy, this is it. The Brana, is Brana? Yeah, Brana's in it. Emma it's Thompson's Kenneth Brana. It's Kenneth. Did Kenneth well, should... Brana direct it? Yeah. Okay. That. Okay. Emma Thompson. Okay. There, there's no other. There's no other kind of Shakespeare movie. In mind. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think. I think that Ebert did not like the Matrix sequels. I'm going to guess he gave. Is it Reloaded or Revolutions? Which one are we talking reloaded, about? Reloaded, which okay. is the second one. The correct? second one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the second one. I think he gave The Matrix. I don't think he didn't like it, but I think he probably gave. Ah, but the thing about Ebert is I could see him like loving The Matrix sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he probably, you know what? I'm talking myself into it. I think he gave Matrix Reloaded three stars. Okay. And I think he gave Much Ado About Nothing three and a half stars. Okay. What did you guess for Reloaded again? Three. I think he gave it three. And you guessed three and a half for Much Yeah, so Ado? I think he gave Much Ado About Nothing more. I think he liked it more. Okay. Flip them. Oh, the Matrix three Reloaded three? has three and a half, and then Much Ado About Nothing has three. He thinks that Much Ado About Nothing should Reeves. Dang it. Yeah. I, I looked up all the Matrix movies, and it, it for him it went three stars, three and a half, three stars. Okay. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. That I know nothing yeah. about those movies, so. Yeah, it's just kind of funny to see. Okay, next two up, um, two movies I didn't know he was in. Something's got to give. Yeah, or okay. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh yeah, he's Jonathan Harker in yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> okay, uh, Ebert loves Coppola, and I think he. Okay, I'm gonna go out on. I maybe I've seen this before, but I think there is a good chance he gave Bram Stoker's Dracula four stars because he loves Francis Ford Coppola, and I think he gave Something's Got to Give like three stars okay that's my guess all right i could be he could have given bram stoker's like two i don't know he gave bram stoker's three stars and (sighs) something's got to give 
three and a half. So Graham oh. Stokers is lower, and and he thinks that should Reeves. Dang it, not good at this game. Yeah, it it's he's <laughs> he really kind of shoots at the hip at a certain point. But I I love that. I mean, that's why I love Ebert is because you always know, like you always feel like he's being honest, right? Like, if he, he watched just it, really likes it, or if he just didn't care for it. Sometimes you watch a movie and and then you look at the Ebert view, and he's like, "It was fine. I gave it two stars." And then you're like, "You gave Attack of the Clones four stars, dude!" Like he gave all the Star Wars prequels four stars just because he was like. What a creative world. Like, that's what he thought. <laughs> and like, I love that. He's just like, boy, I was sure captivated by those Gungans. And he was like, four <laughs> stars. Like, okay, cool. Like, oh, man. That's awesome. He loves poop jokes. Yeah. Just from uh, Jar Jar. So what did he give uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula? Three stars? Three. And okay. then three and a half to something's got to give. Who I didn't know. Again, I didn't know Keanu was in either. Of them. Yeah, I've never seen that. I could not have told you that Keanu was in that. He's third build. He's on the poster. Oh, it's oh, weird. It's uh, Nichol- Nicholson, Diane Keaton, yeah. and Keanu Reeves. I didn't know he's on that. I know I can picture that poster in my head, but I picture it as just Jack in the sunglasses and Diane with a big smile on her face. But I don't picture Reeve Keanu on there. Yeah, it actually. I'll I'll show it to you. You gonna share your screen? Yeah. All right. Let me see. Actually, no. It's not in the. It's not in the main one. Uh, so okay. you there, there's another poster where he's in it okay okay where the same pictures are oh and i didn't even know that as good as it gets it's not the same movie different movies i thought they're the same yeah all right which one's better are either of them supposed to be good uh as good as it gets i just wa- i watched for the first time somewhat recently and it is in my opinion not a good movie mm. um very of its time um but uh, I've never seen something's got to give, so I, I can't tell you. All right, cool. All right, well, we got one more. Let's okay. wrap things up. Point Break or The Replacements, another movie. These are the two movies where Ohio, where, uh, Ohio State comes up because <laughs> Kiara Reeves played for Ohio State in The Replacements as well. Wow. Okay. I I don't I actually know. See, so yeah, I'm cheating here because I looked at Ebert's review of Point Break because I was curious. He, mm-hmm. I believe he gave it three and a half stars. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that that's correct. Okay. Yes. I didn't read his review, but uh, I looked up because I, I, you know, I like to know what, what the man thinks of things. And uh, th- it seemed to me like a movie he would like, and he did. Um, the replacement, I'm going to go just based off three and a half is pretty high. I'm going to say he thinks the replacements should Reeves. Okay, he did think that the replacement should okay. leave. He gave it two stars. All right, there we go. And that's where I pretty much ran out of notable uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves movies. Yeah. One might even say I ran out after the Matrix Reload. <laughs> well, I mean, he has such a dip in the middle part of his career after the Matrix sequels until John Wick that like mm-hmm. there's not that much to talk about from like 2003 to 2013, like that 10 years. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I also want the audience to know that um, uh, at the beginning of Will's recording, he was in daylight and now he's in dark. So I feel like I just watched Rope. That's true. Yeah. But hey, I'll tell you what, getting dark at eight o'clock now, that's pretty nice. We're talking daylight savings, baby. Wow. Now people know when we record these. Oh, that's true. That's true. And I'll tell you this, Max. And it's 2020. And this COVID thing will be over soon. (laughs) It's March 15th. 2020 we're about to watch a lot of movies about apes 
<laughs> yeah, I, I hope they like Planet of the April, which we'll see to completion. Well, absolutely. You know what? We got pre- we actually got pretty far. We watched five Planet of the Apes. That is true. And we're gonna bring it back, folks. We should run it back. We should. <laughs> we, we have like we have four more to watch. We, we almost have, the, have, we have to. good ones. We have like good ones to watch. We, we have the three by beneath. Well, we have the three old ones, and then we have the horrible Tim Burton one. But I think that would be kind of fun. It'd be to fun. Watch. Yeah. 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 So and maybe we'll do. We maybe just, we should do a commentary of the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. <laughs> you know, there's such a demand for the commentaries now. Everybody loved it. Everyone loved uh, the Die Hard commentary so much. Yeah. Um, well, that's about does it for our Point Break episode. I think. Wow. So I wish uh, I watched it more recently. I'm sorry. Uh, to full disclosure, my Wi-Fi went down. You do not have to. You do not have to feel bad. I just watched, <laughs> I, also, I just forgot a lot I'm about also the movie. Sick. <laughs> Look, I tried. Okay, I watched <laughs> it as soon as I could. I was just saying. I wish I would have remembered stuff. No, nah, it's okay. No, I suck. <laughs> Um, uh, we both suck. We do. All right. Um, so leave folks, us a review. <laughs> yes, sure. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear me play Swayze eights or, uh, what was the other one called? Gary. Oh, do you do you see what I see? <laughs> That's a really good title. I should have picked that one. Um, I was just worried. I was, I, I did don't come up. I came Gary up with, I, so full disclosure, I come up with the titles of the games before I know what the games actually are. So sure. I don't even know what Dubusey, what, what I see. I think I was just going to find a picture of Gary Busey from some movie. Oh, and I had to guess the movie. movie. Yeah. But Gary, that's not fun of our podcast. What's the defining Gary Busey role to you? Do you have one? Yeah. When he played um, Buddy Holly. Oh, yeah. Buddy Holly story. He's really good in it. Mine is absolutely him as Chet the Rocket. Uh, shoot, what's his last name? Ah, dang it, I blew it. He plays the Rocket in Rookie of the Year. He plays the, like, aging pitcher on the Chicago Cubs who can't, oh, really? who can't hit his fastball anymore. Yeah. Um, he's great in it. I is mean, that, it was, is his arc that he can hit the fastball by the end? Um, his no, arc is... That's more interesting. No, not well, sort of. So he comes in at the end of the movie and uh, he's got like, it's not that he just like is old. He's got like a bad shoulder. He can't mm. pitch, but basically he, he has to pitch. Like he has to strike the guy out basically. And uh, he's like, throw, he throws every pitch and he's like, ah, ah, like, <laughs> I can't throw. And I that's think, usually what he does in ever uh, yeah, in all his movies. It's a very ah! Gary Busey performance. Uh, I think he strikes him out. Honestly, that was a, is I watched rookie, that. Is rookie of the year when the kid can throw in yeah, the major so leagues? Rookie okay. of the year is when uh, I'm thinking of the rookie, which is the Dennis Quaid movie. Right, the rookie okay. is a serious movie that my dad always used to try to make me watch when I was about nine, and I was like, Dad, I'm not watching this. This looks so boring. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that. A serious baseball dad, movie. We own Lord of the Rings on DVD. <laughs> Why would I watch this horrible, boring baseball? The natural movie? exists. <laughs> dad, it's a fun magical dad, baseball. Attack movie. of the Clones just came out why would i watch this movie dad you know i like kevin costner dad have you heard of a little guy named streams captain jack sparrow he just came out okay why would i watch the rookie starring dennis quaid um, i think i watched that a lot when i was a kid maybe once or twice yeah rookie of the year is when the twice. kid 
he he breaks his arm in such a way that he can pitch like 105 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember that. So he he he's a 12 year old on the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, it's that and, was like uh, one of the that was like one of the you know what was that early 90s like kid play sports sure, genre yeah. like like Mike. Yeah, and, um, yeah. As good as it gets, uh, I believe that's the name. <laughs> as good as it gets. Jack Nicholson plays a 12 year old that joins the uh, New York Giants. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I uh, I guess, guess this I'm, is as good. I guess this I guess, is as good as it gets. I guess being a free safety <laughs> for the New York Giants is as good as it gets. Um, <laughs> Breaks his collarbone, can tackle really good. Oh wow, that'd be awesome. Breaks his okay. knee. All right, he can hit. He can <laughs> this episode. Kick. This episode is so over. <laughs> it is one hour long. That's fine. Uh, that's pretty good length. Well, and remember, we're gonna edit out all those times we referenced our friends. Hmm. Now I'm going to edit out me saying that, but okay. Uh, folks, thank you guys for listening so much. We enjoy recording these. We're going to be back at you soon again with some more G fam. Um, as we continue to, uh, uh, trickle out content and we're hoping to do, you know, it's not even worth saying this. I shouldn't even say it. We're hoping to do these more consistently, but we have a good plan of how to do that. We and do. It's never, whenever we've come up with a, a plan, it's never failed. We are actually max. This is a thing to actually discuss. We're actually approaching the five year anniversary of this podcast because wow. it was 2016, right before you went to Germany, that we, that we started. recorded a couple. We recorded so, three so that you could release them. Yeah, every two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So four, we I should think. actually, we should plan a five year spectacular. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't even I, know what that would look like. Wasn't there a movie that we used to always reference uh, doing our. Two? Oh, maybe we should do Deadpool 2 and a callback that no one. No yeah get long time I'm, listeners also will... like i gotta be honest i don't really feel like watch re-watching deadpool too i mean i've seen uh, it i've never seen it yeah but so we I'll could do a, watch we it. could do a more interesting episode than that yeah um well we want to thank we, we want to send some love from g fam to our g family absolutely uh, thank you so much for for checking in with us and um, we'll see you again real soon yes absolutely take it easy everyone mm. bye-bye that's it man game over man It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's over. Go home. Hasta la vista, baby.